and welcome to Redgate and Wolf, an actual play on Monster of the Week podcast. I am your host and keeper, Sarah, and let me introduce the players. First up is Sean. Hi, I'm Sean. I play Angus McRae, the Monstrous. And we also have Celeste. I am Celeste and I play Mary Redgate, the Crooked. When last we met, after being stranded together in the small fictional American town of Hendrick, Angus and Marie decided to investigate the sheer narcolepsy that claims the town every night at 9pm, which also led them to unknowingly sleeping together. Angus hit up his employer, Mr. Ephraim, for information on sleeping rituals, while Marie ripped Deputy Mater's heart out, stomped on it, and then felt bad during their date. The next morning, the shifty duo head out to the farmer's market, and we endured Angus's cringeworthy interaction with the giggle of teenage girls, and then with Nikita, the adopted Russian girl they had met the day before in the library. And now we begin the episode where we left off. It's just after 9pm and outside the Watchtower Tavern. While Angus quietly snores on the sidewalk, Marie stands alone as a shadow glides toward her. Can I pull my gun out? You can, I'm not stopping you. And Angus can't stop me this time either. Okay, um, stop. You stop that. Does the figure stop? No, it does not. It seems fixated on you as it comes closer. You're able to see from a nearby streetlight that, well, a distant streetlight rather, that this is some kind of ghostly visage. It's blackened and atrophied. And it is coming directly for you. What do you do? Uh, pull the trigger. So you're doing some kick some ass? You know, I guess I am. That's six. That is a fail. Do you want to use luck? Um, I don't have any luck marked. How much do you start with? All of it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you have a success. So in a success, that's 18 plus. So you can. Not only attack by shooting, you have one extra effect. So you can either gain the advantage, take plus one forward, you can inflict terrible harm, which is an extra one harm, or you suffer less harm, or you can force them where you want them. Because even though it is a success, you will still be trading harm with whatever this is. I want to hurt them more. Excellent. So what kind of damage does your gun do? Uh, it does two harm. To harm. Okay, the creature or the shadow or whatever it is rushes through you right after you have shot it. You see it, it jerks slightly as it, it takes the harm. But as it then passes through you, you also feel pain. And it makes you shudder as this, this chill seems to envelop you where the creature has passed through. You only take one harm, whereas it takes three from you. It is looking tattered and ragged. What do you do next? Is it, is it still around? Is it still... It's turning around, looking like it's coming at you for a second wing. A second whoosh? <laughs> a second whoosh. You know, let's, um, let's shoot it again. Awesome. Kick some ass. Another six. What are you going to do? Are you going to take that fail or spend another luck? Remember, what happens when you spend luck? What does that luck point say? Um, oh, someone from the past, I think, is for the crooked. 
Mm -hmm. Someone from the past may tune up soon. Yeah. You know, let's let's keep that one. Let's keep that fail. The ghost creature, the shade or the shadow swooshes back through you. You're not prepared this time and you take an additional one point of harm. I'm assuming Angus is just down for the count. He is down for the count. In fact, he has his thumb in his mouth. He's turned on his side. He's curled up and as as close to a fetal position as this big, burly, muscular man can get. Sean, if a gun going off right above you isn't going to wake you up, I doubt I can do anything. Yeah, that's fair. What next? I'll still do it. I'll, I'll, I'll kick Angus. You'll, you'll kick Angus? I'll get you to act under pressure then to see if you have time to kick Angus there. That's a cool roll. You have the presence of mind to be able to carry this out. It, yeah, I'm not trying to like hurt him, but it's more a push, but with a foot instead of a hand. Sure. Or you could just slap him across the face. I, I just love these sixes. Jeez. Yeah, it, it is not going well for you. Why are you hurting me? Luck will turn one day. <laughs> While you're busy doing that, that ghost comes in and swishes through you again. You take another point of harm. Ghost is starting to piss me off. Can I shoot it again? Sure, certainly. Give me another kick some ass roll. Yeah, I'll spend a luck point. That's a five. So you spend another luck point and you get it. You don't even need to add extra things here. That thing just is shredded. Whatever it was, it is no more. The hairs on on your neck kind of settle back down like your hackles are no longer hackling. You are injured. And Angus continues to snooze quietly beside you on the ground. Now can I try to wake him up? Sure. I'll say after all of this, I'll be nice and just make him roll for it. So another act under pressure there from El Sleepo. Oh. Whoa. A ten. So you wake up to Marie trying to slap you silly. The back of your head hurts, you are lying on the ground, it is cold, and there is a woman atop of you slapping you across the face. Oh, oh. What, what, what is happening? He kind of reaches up groggily and grabs her hands. Okay, so you fell asleep, there was a ghost thing, is, it, did it leave a body at all, or did it just sort of fizzle into nothing? It just fizzled into nothing. Okay, you're probably not going to believe me, um, there was this ghost thing. It uh, looked all black, and, and it looked real old. Um, it also hurt a lot, but I heard it more, and it's gone now. I'm not crazy, by the way. I, uh, why are you on top of me? Well, like I said, you had fallen asleep. Um, you're no longer asleep. I'll get off now. Uh, I Let's go over hands and kind of push her off of him. You at least find um, she's got her sheepskin jean jacket has been used as a pillow. I mean, that was nice. Yes. I picked that up, kind of hand it back to her, getting up myself. She did a fair bit of work. Sorry, I missed it. He seems rather unfazed by the mention of the spook. The spectacular spook. It wasn't spectacular, it was just spooky. Um, Can I tell like where it was coming from? You can see that it came from at least the other side of the of the tavern, but you're not sure where it may have originated from. 
Could you tell anything about it at all, Marie? Uh, it was wooshy, and it was uh, creepy. Oh, well, that's helpful. What did it look like? Did it have a face? Was it flying? Uh, it was kind of like gliding, you know, the whooshing along. Did it have a face? I don't think it had a face. It was, it was really dark. I, does that sound familiar to me at all? Anything I've countered in my... Just give me a quick weird roll. Uh, yeah, from what this kind of sounds like, although it is in uh, not the usual terms you're used to hearing it in, this sounds like um, a shade. Dark, ghostly minions that are summoned by someone or something. Nay. Like I said to uh, Marie before, they are blackened and atrophied from their time under the control of whoever's summoned them, capable of following simple commands from their summoner. Oh, and they have a weakness to light. Aye. It sounds like they're describing a shade and typically summoned by somebody for some nefarious deeds, which they are somewhat atrophied and dark from their time spent under the control of their summoner. And to have a, if I remember correctly, they have a weakness to light. Oh, uh, Marie, when the ghost swished through the you, not only did you feel cold, but you also felt as if your heart stopped just for a moment as it was passing through. Okay, um, yeah, you, you know an odd amount about this, um, can they like cause people to, you know, like cause their hearts to just stop? Maybe this is kind of what it felt like. Nah, they can do a matter of things. They are dark spirits, grace, if you will. That does kind of explain some of those serious deaths in the streets they were talking about earlier in the tavern. It's all coming together now. The question is, who's summoning these things, and why? Well. Since we're awake, why don't we have a quick little stroll? See what we can see. Aye, we should have the place to ourselves. Where are you going first? I think first we should check the church. Priest would give me a, a, a weird vibe. So you guys head off to the Stratus Inn Church, where you guys had been earlier the day. You get to the edge of the car park and you see a faint light coming through the one of the windows. That's funny. I thought that would be supposed to be asleep at this hour. Maybe he fell asleep with the light on. Perhaps. But it warms up a closer look, don't you think? She's she's already going. Angus cautiously follows. Okay, so you guys climb up the steps to the large double doors that had been open during the day but are now closed before you. There are windows. Great minds think alike. There are windows. How high are they? Can we peek through them? Well, you probably couldn't. Could I? It was kind of implied. I peek through the window. That Marie can't. Okay, you stand on your tippy toes and try to look through the window. Unfortunately, it's a kind of frosted window, so you're only able to tell that there is light coming from inside, not what is inside there. When I was in there earlier, did I notice any, um, like, side doors? None visible, no. Okay, Angus, um, you stay here. I'm going to have a quick look around. Don't do anything dumb. Don't fall asleep. I'll be right back. Don't do anything dumb. There's no teenage girls here, don't worry. 
the biggest danger to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you slip around the side of the church, Marie, presumably looking for another entrance. Yes. So you do find one at the back, kind of off to the corner. It too is locked. Can I unlock it? Sure, you pull out your lockpick. I need you to act under pressure, please. Cool, so that's a four. <laughs> that is a fail. We are so awesome. You put the two pieces of the lockpick into the door lock. You start jiggling it around, but it gets stuck and you kind of tug on it and you hear a snap. And as you pull the two picks out, you realize that the end of it has gotten stuck in the lock. I guess I'll need to get new lock picks. What are you doing now? We'll loop back around to the front. While she's in the rear, are there any um, small entrances or anything, I don't know, around the area that Angus is still around? There are windows. Are any of them open? No, but one of them looks like it might be easy enough to pry open, but you're not going to be able to reach it. Marie standing on your shoulders might be able to reach it. Yeah, that was next. Yeah, I'll simply wait for Marie. Okay. While you're waiting for Marie, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. It is the feeling you get when your hackles are raised. Something is approaching. I look around for something that is approaching. You look around and you see one of those creatures coming towards you that Marie had described. And it does indeed look like it's bushy. And it's coming right for you. What do you do? I dodge to the side. It is able to match your movement. And it swishes right through you, giving you one harm as you feel a slight chill move through your body and your heart kind of stutters for a moment. Uh, due to the experience, I add an enhancement. Enhance. Um, for immortality or immortal, you do not age or sicken, and whenever you suffer harm, you suffer one harm less. Okay, so you do not take the harm, but you do still feel those effects that I described. Anger shudders and, I guess, uh, rakes out at the shade with his claws. Okay, so your fingers have turned into these vicious-looking claws, and I need you to kick some ass. For our listening audience, it's an eight, a mixed success. Awesome. So on a mixed success, the two of you just exchange harm. So this time as it comes for you, instead of going through you, it sort of slashes back at you. So you exchange harm. You take two points from the creature, two points of harm. How much harm do you deal to it? Three. Awesome. As it swings around, and starts to come for you again. I attack it again. All right. Give me another attack. Oof. Die. It's a 12, an advanced success. Okay, you don't have the advanced success feat yet, so it's just a regular 10 plus, which just means you can add one extra effect. You gain the advantage, take plus one forward, or give plus one forward to another hunter, but Marie is not there yet. You inflict terrible harm, an extra one point of harm. You suffer one less harm, or you force them where you want them. Which would you like? One less harm. 
It gives you true harm just as you reach out and slash across its atrophied neck. I assume you do another three harm damage to it. Yes. Yep. So you take one since it was two to start with, and uh, you slash through its neck with your claws just as Marie rounds the corner and looks straight at you as the shade is teared to tatters and disappears into pieces. Marie, from the scant light coming from the inside of the church, you are able to see that there is something not quite right about Angus. You did not shift, Angus, but your claws are clory. Of course, I left my damn sword at the house. Mm-hmm. At the tavern, yes. Do they look like like just really long nails that are really sharp? Or do they, do they look like wolf claws? Angus? I'm trying to think how to describe it. It kind of looks like Angus's fingers extended a little bit more, at least in the dim light. It kind of just like they extended and kind of came down to points a little bit further away than normal hands would show. Should probably get a manicure or something. Um, doesn't look doesn't look normal. Angus kind of draws his hand back and puts it behind him as he shifts it back to normal. I uh, did you find anything on the other side? Um, really tough door. Did have trouble with the rear engines. Um, so uh, did you do anything dumb up here? No, I did find a window. If I can't reach, it looks like it could be opened. I'm sure if I gave you a boost, you can get in. Perhaps unlock the door. I was interrupted by the another shade. They seem quite fixated on us. Probably because we're awake. Well, there's a light on in there. There's probably someone awake in there. There's a light on. Let's let's try the front door. Can I try to pick lock pick the front door? Okay, act under pressure again. Cool. As you pull out. Two more lockpick from your little lockpick pack. Finally, that's a 12. Okay, awesome. You do exactly what you set out to do on a 10 plus. It's almost as if you're showing off because those tool picks go in, you give it just one little jiggle, the tumble is turned, click, it's unlocked. Yeah, this door is really, this door is a lot easier than the other one after you. I just got nods and goes open the door and opens it up. Looks in. Does he say anything? Read a bag of situation. Plus sharp, bro. There's a seven. That is a mixed success. So you can ask one of those questions. What's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? And what's most vulnerable to me? Or what's the best way to protect the victims? What's the biggest threat? Well. Deep subject. Probably the biggest threat to you right this moment are the runes that are etched into the doorway that are starting to glow. I quickly back out and push Murray back. Okay. As you do that, stumbling down the steps, there's like some kind of explosive force emanating from the doorway and several small objects come firing out. It looks like Bibles have just been shot out of the church door with an immense force. But you are able to get out of the way and are uninjured. The runes dim. I I do not think that going to the front door was the best option. No, I, everything's fine. Um, go back up to the front door. Do the runes start uh, glowing again? No, they do not. Hey. Okay. I cautiously follow her up. I boldly walk in. 
Yeah, you boldly walk in. The um, church looks a lot like it did earlier in the day, but a bit darker, just with candles lit all around the altar. The first thing you probably notice is a woman kneeling on the rug with her eyes closed, chanting. And as you listen, you hear her reciting this chant. Close your eyes and sleep, my dear. The night is nigh and she draws near. Stalking those who lie awake with shining blade and long black cape. Swift as breath, she'll be here soon. Through shadows from the waning moon. The night word calls the hour of rest. Please hush, my child. There's no time left. Well, I'm going to have some nightmares now. So, Angus, as you step up beside Marie, you recognize the woman, Kelly Delaney, from earlier in the day. I'll uh, call out. That's quite the lullaby. Her eyes open as she looks up at you, but she continues chanting. She frowns when she sees you, but she does not stop her chant. Oi, what's it you're doing there? She shakes her head, but continues. Is anything changing in the room around us? No. Walk towards her. You walk towards her. Nothing seems to happen. Her eyes do widen, though, almost in fear. I want to take my coat and use it to cover her mouth. Okay, so you walk forward onto the rug, and as you walk into the rug, it's like you're pushing through some kind of magical force. And when you're inside, everything feels different. You feel calmer and safer. She tries to dodge you as you reach out with your coat to put it on. Well, she's not sure what you're trying to do with your coat, but all the while she's dodging you while remaining within this circle and still chanting. Oi, we asked you a question. What are you doing? She remains chanting. She kind of gives a, a shooing gesture with her hand. Unless you come up with something there, Maria, it's going to be a football tackle on both of you here in a second. I'm still trying to shut her up. <laughs> Do what you got to do, man. All right. Seeing that Marie is, as usual, ineffectual, and is going to take a kind of a running start and spear tackle the both of them out of the, off the rug. Okay. Act under pressure. A cool move. A cool roll. That's a pretty cool move. Hmm. If you're successful. A seven. A mixed success. This means, huh. A worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Let me see. A worse outcome would be you manage to knock them out of the rug, but cause them both injury. Hard choice. You can only knock one of them out of the rug, or you somehow injure yourself as a price to pay. Which would you like? Um... The first one. What was the first one again? Because I've already forgotten. Uh, I knocked them both out, but I caused them harm. Heck. Okay, so you run towards the rug. You get down low, like uh, this is going to be an American football kind of tackle, and you manage to pump them both off the rug. As you do step onto the rug, you sort of feel the familiar effects of a magic circle. But that doesn't stop you as you shove them both off the rug. They fly backwards and bounce off the altar. They both take a one harm each as they are sprawled prone on their back. Uh, That does shut the woman up and she gasps for air 
and looks at you horrified, saying, What have you done? Kind of grabs her about the collar and lifts her up. What have I done? What are you doing with a magic circle? I'm trying to save this town, you idiot! Aye, by summoning shades? No! I'm putting them to sleep so the shades won't kill them! Then who summoned the shades then? Okay, make you manipulate or not? Manipulator, charm. <laughs> That's a fail. Why should I tell you? I'd like to pull my gun on her. Ah. You should tell us. Because we're armed. Well, I'm armed. And you're not. She kind of deflates in front of you, kind of lifts an arm and points out the door. And that's when you hear the cackling. (laughs) And passing by the door, you see an old woman in a cloak. And she turns for a moment and stares through the doorway at you. And you swear her eyes glow red before she disappears. And who was that? Ah. Madame Devora. Heard that name before. Hope she only kills one person tonight, but their death will be on you. Where did she come from? Why is she here? She just glares at you. Luke, you're going to have to give us some answers if we're to help you. Help me? You called this help? We're over here chanting in a magic circle. What do you expect us to do? We've already been attacked by shades. I expected you to be asleep. I will. Such things don't always have an effect on us. Eyes you up and down, trying to work out what's so special about the two of you. Perhaps you should start talking. Maybe start at the beginning. She looks over at Marie, who's still holding the, the gun on her, and she kind of sighs. I don't know what she is exactly. She came with Nikita. They're somehow bound together. After the first few deaths, we, we realized that something wasn't right. Oh no, Nikita, she'll be, she'll be awake, she'll be out in the town. She was there, she saw all of the murders. Where's your house? Got to find her before the hag does. Let me go, I can show you. It's just down the street. He slowly sets her down, kind of give Maria a nod. Are you okay, Marie? You sure know how to pack a punch, but uh, I, I should be good, maybe. We'll see. Alright, fair enough. Fine, lady. Show us the alas. Perhaps we can save her. Okay, okay. Um, I have no idea what you can do, but she turns and she sprints out of the church, down the road. We obviously follow her. Mm-hmm. She goes straight to her house, opens the door, goes into the bedroom, and you guys follow her in. And she turns around in frustration and can see that presumably it's Nikita's bedroom, but the bed is empty. Where is she? I don't know. She, she's supposed to be, she's supposed to be asleep like everyone else. But because I'm not chanting, surely a few minutes of not chanting won't wake somebody up. You hear a noise coming from the other room. What was that? It'll be my husband. He's probably just woken up. Chris, Chris, it's me. It's okay. Well, it's it's not okay. And she leaves you guys to go talk to her husband, who's getting out of bed in their room. Angus kind of looks frustratedly at Murray. Well, now, what do we do? Well, let's look around the room. See what there is to see. Aye. What are you looking for? Is there a magic music box there? A magic music box? Wow. 
Uh, anything just out of the ordinary? Nothing out of the ordinary. It actually looks surprisingly like a typical teenager's bedroom. Not really pink. It's got, you know, more the, the darker emo touches to it than, a, you know, a room that had once been that of a little girl turned into a teenager's bedroom. Uh, what kind of flooring is it? Carpeted. Anything like under the bed? So you're searching around and you locate a small notebook, like a journal or diary. Oh, I feel kind of bad looking through this, but I feel like the situation sort of... Shit, I don't. <laughs> oh, the situation probably like calls for it, so it's, it's fine. Read this kid's diary. Okay, so you flick through the pages. It seems to alternate between what you assume to be Russian and English. From what you can see, there is mention of uh, Madame Devora. Early on in the diary, there's notes about a fire, and there's some pictures, some drawings of rather actually some good drawings, but very creepy drawings. And they look a lot like the shades that you guys encountered already, and also a drawing of Madame Devora herself. Not too detailed, it seems to be quite vague. Uh, mentions of how Madame Devora likes to punish those who are bad children who stay awake and need to be punished, and that Madame Devora follows her everywhere and only comes out at night to collect souls. Anything of interest in there, Murray? I show him the pages of interest. <laughs> uh, it seems that this child and this Madame Devora are linked in some fashion. You know, I think I think this most recent entry here, I think this really holds the key to it all. Uh, it says, was at the market, met a large man in a skirt. Seems I've made a lasting impression. Certainly are a large man in a skirt. The kilt. Kelly uh, dips into the room, followed by uh, a man of similar age to her, and he's pulling on a jacket. And she says, I'm going to go back to the church. And resume chanting. Hopefully that will put everyone back to sleep. But if it doesn't, can you please find our daughter? Aye. Does she have any place she likes to go? I noticed that her, her music box is not here. Music box? She doesn't have a music box. The husband says she might be down by the Crosstown River, near the trees. Aye. Then that's what we'll check. Come, Marie. The game is a fort. Just don't fall asleep this time. Okay, so you guys head off on foot. You notice uh, a number of lights on in houses that weren't on when you guys made your way towards Stratos End. You hear a baby crying, a dog or two barking. The quietness that you experienced on the way to Stratos End has definitely been broken. People are awake. Further up the road, you come past the sheriff's office. Uh, the front door opens, and you see Deputy Mater kind of saunter out, all arms and legs. He catches sight of you, and he says, Oh, howdy, Miss Marie. Um, going for a walk? I think it kind of says to aside to Marie. Get rid of him. We don't have time for this. I sure am, Craig. It, beautiful night. Night air helps clear the mind. Uh, you should probably go back to sleep, though. You've got a big day tomorrow. Um, I do? I was going to surprise you, but uh, yes, you do. Manipulate someone, roll charm. I really wish you would phrase that differently. 
That's a mixed success with a seven. Okay, so what was the surprise or how you twisting his arm, so to speak, to convince him? It's not really a surprise if I tell him. <laughs> you could have given him a bit more than there's a surprise. I'll run up to him and I'll, I'll give him a full-on kiss. He is stunned. As is Angus. He doesn't even have time to react by the time you pull away. But he is fire truck red. So, you know, just go back inside, go to sleep, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. You hear the phone ringing inside the office, and he's like, uh, uh. But he turns around and goes to answer the phone because he's a fairly good sheriff's deputy. When that phone rings, he answers it. So you guys continue on passing the voodoo mechanic and you get to the Watchtower Tavern. Are you going in or not? We're already here. Just get your fucking sword, please. Fine. Fair enough. Yes. We enter the tavern. You enter the tavern and you see Meadow swaying behind the bar with a mug of hot chocolate or hot cocoa or someone think along those lines and a rather bedhead suffering Joel sitting at the bar with his own mug the two of them look at you as you rush in without messing a beat just make my way to the stairs and take them all off to our room are uh, you you guys all right Joel calls out Bangus ignores him he looks at Marie yeah, we're great. Just um, going, going for a, a walk because it's night. It's a good time to walk. Hey, Meadow suddenly says, someone's going to die tonight. Um, what makes you say that? Uh, she, she's sort of psychic or something. It's possible that someone's going to die tonight. Does Angus try to conceal the sword when he comes back downstairs? Or is he just going to walk down with this giant sword in his hand? I'm just going to come rushing down with the sword. Joel's eyes go wide. And he's like, uh, yeah, I, I think I got to agree with my sister here. It does look like. So who were you killing? Nobody. Don't worry about it. And uh, Angus kind of grabs Marie, kind of shoves her out the door. Okay, so you guys bound out of the Watchtower Tavern, head towards the river, specifically the small little wooded area at the right angle between the Crosstown River and the small state highway you guys were on, near the Old Lady Land Bridge. What do you do? I give a sharp inhale, smelling the air. Mm, your nostrils flare. Are you trying to percept like they do in D&D? I am. Using my keen, almost wolf-like senses. Okay, probably a read a bad situation, I would say. Oh, uh, I don't have that up. What's that? It's a sharp. Yes, de ocho. That's an eight, so a mixed success. One question. Should I set a little bit more of the, the scene so you can see that it is obviously a bad situation and then have a better question here? Yeah, perhaps that would help. You guys uh, push your way through into the small little wooded area, come to a spot that seems to have tiny little clearing. The first thing you probably see is the cloaked figure looming over the supine form of that teenage girl Angus was talking to earlier at the market. 
she seems to be terrified and holding her hands up over her face. Up in one of the trees nearby, you see Nikita frozen with unreadable expression on her face as she stares down at the scene below her. Now what questions do you want to ask? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? With your keen wolfish senses, uh, you're able to sniff out one or two of those shades just loitering out of your view amongst the trees somewhere. So Nikita's in the tree, unreadable expression, Lucinda, whatever the hell her name was, is on the floor, hands up. Was the hag there or no? Yes, she was. She was looming over the girl you have dubbed Lucinda. Gotcha. And goes left. As he's smelling around, can I shoot the looming figure? Sure can. Kick some ass. Oh, starting off strong with a five. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. I'm assuming that misses. Yeah, that, that is a miss, but you are going to take some damage here. As you pull your gun out, produce it from wherever it is it's been hiding. Let off one round. It's more of a warning shot as you completely miss the woman. And thankfully you also miss Nikita up in the tree. Although she does get covered by a spray of bark from the shot that hit the trunk of said tree. And as this happens, the crone disappears. And in a darkened shadow nearby, she breaks out with a long curved dagger and slices at your back, Marie. That is too harm. Okay, I'm unstable. <laughs> Angus, what are you doing? I'm going to swing at the shadowy, haggy thing that attacked Marie. Mm-hmm. Kick some ass. That's weird for you. I mean, it's not too weird. It's pretty normal. That's an 11. So a 10 plus uh, on an success, you get the extra thing. You need me to read it out again? Um, Please. You could gain advantage, so that's take a plus one forward on a next roll, or give a plus one forward to another hunter. You inflict terrible harm, so that's an additional plus one. You suffer one less harm, or you force them where you want them, which you choose. Uh, plus one forward from Marie. Awesome. So what damage do you deal there? Uh, I'm assuming the natural attack does not count for that, so it would be uh, three harm. Three harm. Awesome. It doesn't look like she takes as much damage as you were hoping for, as there seems to be a ripple of magic that happens just as you reach out and, and scratch her. So she doesn't take the full amount of harm. You, however, feel a cold, shadowy blast of energy as it radiates out of her and slams into you, shoving you back a couple of feet. And it takes who harm, and it ignores any armor. I'll take one arm. Sure. Because it's not armor. Not if it ignores armor. But it's not armor. It's a natural ability. Fair enough. Okay. What happens next? Marie, get the girl. Yeah, can I get, what, what was her name? Lucinda? <laughs> can I get Lucinda up and, and out? You can certainly try. I sure can. Is that, um... Act under pressure? Yeah, we'll go with act under pressure as you have to dodge around this crone who's now in battle with Angus. Grab the gibbering teen. With the plus one going forward, do I have to use it with this roll? You can use it at any time, but just the one. That's a 10, and I didn't use it. Excellent. So you zip around the crone and Angus, 
grab the gibbering teen from under her armpit and just haul her out away from whatever is about to go down in this tiny little clearing. Angus kind of glanced over his shoulder from staring at the black shadowy hag creature thing. Nikita, run! Nikita turns her empty eyes to you and just... What are you doing, girl? Get down and run! The old crone cackles and you see the same glowing red eyes that the crone has fixed on you also flares up in... Oh, great. How far away am I from her tree? Her perch, if you will. Where she is a lit. Uh, she's probably across the other side of the clearing, almost uh, near Marie. But you have a bigger problem to deal with right in front of you. Marie, the ears on the back of your neck start to stand up on end. Can they not, though? Just get your Patronus, you'll be all right. What do you do? Sorry, do I, do I see the thing yet, or is it just an icky feeling? An icky feeling. You got a feeling that while you got the girl away, you may have gone from the frying pan into the fire as uh, you kind of look to either side of you and you are flanked by two shades. Question on this imp stone. Could the imp, in theory, be commanded to attack things? In theory? Like, could could it? It could? Mm Hmm? We'll, we'll see how this turns out. We'll wait a little longer. <laughs> okay, what are you doing? I'll, I'll, I'll kick some ass. All right, how are you kicking ass? A bad thing that I see. <laughs> so you were literally gun. a hook to kick... Okay, gun, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Okay, roll that, that attack. I used my plus one, and that's an nine. Ooh, nice. That's a mixed success. So you're just going to exchange damage with it. Uh, you managed to get off one shot before it slams through you, dealing one harm to you. You feel the slight stutter of your heart as it whooshes through you. How much damage did you deal to it? Oh, uh, that is two damage, or two harm. Okay, it is looking rough and tattered, but it seems to be veering around to come back at you again. Angus, what are you doing? How big around is the tree that Nikita's on? Mm, it's a fairly solid trunk. Probably as wide as a, as, well, in between your, I won't use that as an example, that's bad. I mean, you could probably see Marie able to wrap her arms around it. It's that wide. Fair enough. Angus will turn and charge towards that tree. Does he think he's a bulldozer? He's about to be. Now, do I say you're kicking ass on the tree or you're acting under pressure? He's essentially going to shift into his big-ass werewolf form and just slam, trying to go through the tree. Yep. How he looks. As Angus turns and runs, she's the sword in mid-motion, holds the sheath. As he begins to run, begins to shift, his, you know, body transforms, his limbs lengthen and grows a little bit taller, which is quite interesting in itself. More girthy, more bulky. His two feet turn more digigrade than pedigrade. Fur sprouts from his bodies. His nose and face elongate to form a muzzle with sharp pointy teeth. Ears sprout from his head. Okay, but you were still bipedal? Yes. Awesome. Give me a, a kick some ass there, because there is a... 
one really good move that you could do if you do a team plastic this that would move the tree where you want it. Uh, so I would still use uh, weird grip. Yeah. Yep. Cross your fingers, select. You know, always spend luck. <laughs> Who needs luck with rolls like that? Where is this in D and D? That gum. Uh, it'd be a twelve advanced success. You don't have the advanced beat yet, so it's a normal ten plus success. But you do get the extra effect. So I assume you want to force them where you want them. My intent was to straight up shadow that tree. Yeah. Okay. So you hurl your part lupine form against this tree uh, and it shudders from the impact so much so that you're able to not only dent this fucking tree but knock the girl out of the branches she's holding onto and she falls to the ground with a thump is, is she moving marie what are you doing dying um we'll ignore the wolf for now um Fuck. Uh, I'll I'll shoot at a shade. Okay, the same one you were you just shot, or the other one that's coming in at you. We'll we'll go with the other one. Yeah, roll for it. Pick some ass. So I'd like to use luck, <laughs> please. That was a five for anyone wondering. Okay, sure. So you spend some luck. What's your extra effect on the ten plus? I'll do a plus one harm. So three harm total. Three harm total. You manage to shoot that thing out of existence as it explodes, but still continues through you, dealing you that one harm as your heart stops before beating once more. You just have that one shade to deal with. Angus, as you're looking over at the supine form of Nikita, her eyes are closed. You're waiting to see if she breathes. While you were waiting, you failed to pay any attention to your enemy, and she appears behind you. And what does she do? And blasts another one of those shadow force beams into you from behind. That's too harm, making you stagger forward just one step this time. Angus, having just been struck, let's have a howl of both rage and pain. Oh. Turns around, rakes a claw through the shadow hag. Okay, give me some kicks and mouse. A successful 10. Excellent. What's the extra effect? Plus one harm. Okay, and you exchange harm. And we go to Marie. Marie, you were crouched there with the girl you've dubbed Lucinda at the edge of the clearing, and the second shade is coming at you. What do you do? I would like to shoot him. Kicks and mouse. Okay, uh, that is a, it's a 12. I don't get those. <laughs> well done. What's the extra effect you choose to do there? I will deal some extra harm. Awesome. So you fire at this oncoming shade and just like the last one kind of disperses over you, your heart stutters and stills for just a moment before the shade disappears into nothingness. And that's when you look across the tiny little clearing to see this monstrous form, presumably of Angus, 
is now engaged in a battle with the crone and Nikita is lying on her back, unmoving at the base of a tree. Angus, what are you doing? Oh, what am I, I know what I want to do, but eh, I don't think we're there yet. Angus turns his canine-like head to look towards Marie. I gotta see if I can get this voice. Hold on. That girl, go. And then he whips around and strikes out again at the shady thing. It's a crony thing. Yes. Okay, kick some ass. I intend to. And thus my streak ends with a six. Okay, this is probably a good time to add that another hunter can roll to help you out. And if they're successful, you will get an additional point, which should put you into a mixed success. So the question here is, does Marie want to in some way try to help Angus in this situation? But how? Shout words of encouragement. Distraction. Yeah, if I like fire around into the air, would that distract the, the, the person? It's possible. You can give me a help out roll, which is a plus call. That's a nine. Okay, awesome. So that means the plus one goes to Angus, giving him a mixed success. But you've also exposed yourself to trouble or danger. Already exposed to danger. We're in a freaking field with a witch and whatever. Excellent. Angus, what do you do on your... How were you attacking again? I forgot. Was it with your greatsword or your claws again? I'm pretty confident he can't handle a greatsword in his current form as a wolf or werewolf. So he's just using his claws. Okay, you use the distraction of that shot in the air to make another swipe at the crone. You exchange harm. What does she get? Three. Three. Of course, she doesn't take the full amount because of some kind of magical armor, but she does deal two to you as another blast of shadow erupts from her, making you stagger back, and she starts cackling. And brandishing that long curvy knife at you. How far away Marie. is it? Okay. Sorry. Did you want to do something? I can wait. Okay. Marie, you were so busy paying attention to what's going on across the clearing, you don't realize that Nikita has crawled her way towards you and stabs you with a knife in the thigh. Take one harm. Question. Hmm? Uh, that would bring me to full harm. Okay, don't take any more harm, otherwise you're going to die. Okay, that's how that works. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Basically, she stabs you in the thigh, you stare down at her, and her face looks inhuman, her eyes are aglow in the same red as the crone, and blood is just pouring out of your veins. You slide down. Landing on your butt. Angus, now what are you doing? Wishing that I had gone first. So, hearing, I'm sure, Marie didn't keep that a secret, Angus is going to turn towards the obvious exclamation. Obviously, a spy, what is happening, uh, and charge at Nikita with the, for lack of a better term, killing intent. Lunge at her throat with my enormous mouth and uh, devour her. Essentially, he's going to throw his great sword to the side, get down on all fours. Charge, which would be a quicker speed at the trio, and uh, aiming directly for um, Akita. 
uh, with the intent of basically pouncing on her and tearing her throat out with his gaping jaws. You fail this attack roll. I'm going to have some words for you. What could happen? Actually, I have a fall. I have a uh, fallback plan with that. Is it to use luck? It is because it actually would work out very well with what's happening. Okay, so as you toss the sword aside, get in low to charge Nikita. I need you to pick some Rs. I fully intend to. Ooh, I'll take it. So that's a ten. What's the extra effect? I give a plus one forward to Marie. Okay, what's the damage? Uh, be uh, one harm. Nikita screams out in pain, and you also notice the crone flinch. Angus looks up and uh, raises one of his claws. Uh, Plumber would be. Okay, give me another kick-ass roll. You're so good at murdering things. <laughs> would it? You used your claws, right? Yes. All right, and as you do that, you take two harm. Marie. You're half lying on the ground. There is a knife in your thigh. There's a girl you've dubbed Lucinda. And there is also Nikita, who looks very intent for still coming at you. What do you do? Well, I would like to try to pistol whip Nikita and try to knock her out. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. We'll go for an act under pressure there. So that is a cool roll. Okay, uh, that that was an eight, which is a mixed success. So either pistol whip the wrong girl, choice, hard choice, either inflicting harm on Nikita, which will kill her, or she will retaliate and you'll probably die. I don't like these choices. <laughs> Victory or death, girl? I don't want to fucking kill her. That can't be what we're supposed to do. We're the good guys. She is the enemy. She's a child. She is a monster. Uh, well, pistol whip the wrong one. So you swing out with your weapon. Nikita manages to slump out of the way, and you end up smacking the other girl who you've dubbed Lucinda on the side of the head, and she goes down with a thumb. All right, Angus. Madame Devora puts herself between you and Nikita. Is Madame Devora Devora still her gaseous form? She's semi-corporeal. She is looking rough. Marie is bleeding out. She's fallen backwards, panting, and doesn't look like she's able to fix her eyes on on anything. She's staring off into nothing. And Nikita's obviously obviously still conscious. Yep, and right by Marie. Okay. So my intent here is to punch through uh, Madame Devora and hit Nikita, since she's semi-corporeal. Certainly try. Kick the mask. Oh, please work. I'll take it. An 11. That is a success. I will let you say that the extra effect is you're able to punch through Madame Devora to connect with Nikita as you slash at Nikita with claws. What's the damage on that? Three. Gore and red ichor erupt from her throat as she lumps to the ground, choking in her own blood. As you watch the last flicker of life disappear from this teenage girl who you had been asked to protect by her parents, Madame Devora screams 
into the night and dissipates into nothing. Doesn't feel right. Angus shifts back to his normal self. Yeah, was he still in a kilt or not? I mean, I'm going to say that due to the size change, everything went and it's gone, but... Okay, so Angus is now naked in the small wooden clearing, covered in blood, panting heavily as three women are spread out, three young women are spread out before him, covered in blood also. One unconscious, one barely alive, and one dead. Marie, are you okay? You know, I think it's really late. I'm just going to have a nap. You're also very naked, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to go to sleep now. I, I don't think that's a good idea. You need to stay awake. You have to get out of here. Angus is going to bend down and pick up Nikita's limp form and uh, walk the short distance of likes to the uh, Crosstown River. Going to kind of gently lay uh, Nikita's body in the river as best I can towards what I can spy to be a deep end and start piling some rocks on and kind of trying to just get her to sink. While you're doing that, Marine, you are aware of voices murmuring worriedly around you. You're aware of being picked up and dragged away out of the clearing and catch sight of a face or two, a faint flicker of recognition, but you can't put a name to these faces right now. You're aware of lit lampposts overhead. You're being carried somewhere. You're not sure where. Angus. You return back to the clearing after doing your deed. I find just the unconscious form of Lucinda and no sign of Marie. What do you do? I'm going to leave Lucinda. I'm going to shapeshift into uh, full wolf form. Can I pick up Marie's scent? You can easily follow her blood trail and it looks like it is heading back into town from the woods. What do you do? Pats quickly back into town, keeping to the shadows and the uh, dark areas. It looks like it is leading into the front door of the Watchtower Tavern. In an attempt to look for the window that leads, we think, into their room. Yep, you're able to locate the window that one usually finds in the back of a tavern slash motel, hotel alley. Uh, Perceptively look around with my keen senses, sight, smell, and ears to discern if anybody's nearby watching, paying attention to this dark alley. Seeing that there is none that I can perceive, ship back into humanoid form kind of inch my way up to our window and just kind of take a peek in. Yep, while you're looking in the window, you do not see anything in there. Also, the window is not open. Like nothing in there, like our belongings aren't there? Oh, your belongings are there, but no one is in there. So it's empty of people. Describe these windows to me. They're made from glass. Single pane. Okay. And it's kind of forms one of those enormous claws and gently but forcefully forces it underneath the sill and attempts to very slowly and very carefully force it upwards. I'll have you act under pressure for that, I think. What did you roll? A success. A 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're able to prise that window up without too much damage to the windowsill. Climb on in, slide naked, head first into the hotel room. Angus looks around quickly, make sure there's nobody watching in the room. No hidden figures, people hiding in the shadows, behind the curtain, so on and so forth, under the bed even. And then quickly dons a spare set of clothing. This time he's wearing slacks. Oh my god, he has pants. I want to back up a little bit before he actually gets dressed. He's obviously going to clean himself off, because I'm sure he looks like a freaking disaster. 
So glance in the mirror, make sure it doesn't look ridiculous, and goes out the same way he came in, gently shutting the window as best he can behind him. The time it took you to do all this, you now hear sirens in the distance. They are getting closer. How far away is the woods? A few blocks. Based on my reckoning of time and distance, can I run there and back before sirens arrive? You possibly could. I will do so. I want my sword. <laughs> okay. So you make it back into the clearing. The girl is now missing. The ones that Marie knocked unconscious. Ugh, where did she go now? And I go to where I got my sword and snatch it up. Actually, you go to where you left your sword. It is also not there. You are such a mean person. You know that? I think you mean, I hate you, Sarah. Yeah, that's, that's in there too. Do I smell anything? Do I smell a scent that is familiar? Yes, you do, actually. Two other scents. Although one of them is much stronger than the other. Do you want me to tell you who they are? I think that's the intent. Oh, actually, investigate a mystery. Eight. Success. One question. Where did it go? Your sword or Lucinda? The sword. Okay, so you sniff around and you realize that all of the scents that you were picking up have all gone in the same direction. Back to the Watchtower Tavern. I really do hate you. I, uh, I beat feet back. As you approach down the street of the Watchtower Tavern, you see that there is a sheriff's patrol car kind of haphazardly parked out front with the driver's side door open. The siren is off, but the lights are still spinning around. I'm going to cautiously approach. The door to the Watchtower Tavern is ajar. I thought it was a door. I'm going to kind of hesitate before I go in. Do I hear anything? Yeah, you hear the murmuring of a, a few voices. But they're too quiet for you to discern what's been said or even identify who's speaking. I mean, do I really like Marie? You like your sword. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to kind of quickly enter the door and look around. The lights are low, but you're able to discern that Marie is sprawled out across the bar. Meadow is kind of swaying behind the bar with her hands just hovering over top of the wound that Marie suffered from the knife. And the knife is still in her thigh, by the way. You also see Deputy Mado tossing items out of a very large first aid kit. What's going on here? Oh, uh, well, well, howdy there. Um, we're just, um, I'm not sure what happened, but we're, um, she's got a knife in her leg, and I'm just, just trying to, uh, to uh, uh, remember if I should remove it or not while I'm applying these bandages. Oh, you fool, you gotta remove it or else it won't seal. And uh, Angus waltzes up and just kind of rips the knife out of her leg. More blood spurts out from the, the, the giant gash. I put pressure on it, you fool. Oh! And he quickly fumbles with the bandages and, and uh, grasps the, the, the thigh tight. Has everyone called an ambulance? What happened? Uh, yeah, they're coming soon. They should come from Joplin. Um, and he's concentrating really hard and, and Meadow keeps swaying. And you? Looks at Meadow. What are you doing? Healing. I kind of look Marie over. Does she look, I don't know. She looks very pale. She is also not conscious. Did either one of you know what happened? We were both going out to the forest and we got separated. Uh, you were, you were in the, 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 the forest? The, the small, the woods by, by, the, by the bridge? Aye. 
as he's reaching for another bandage to put over top of the, the one that's almost already soaked through. Hey, pressure, man. Pressure, put pressure on it. I shoulder him aside, uh, laid a hand on to uh, the bandage already applied, applying some, obviously, more pressure than Deputy Major was, and then tightly wrapping the uh, bandage around it. Uh, you see Marine's eyelids start to flutter. Meadow kind of lowers her hands from hovering over and around where you were applying pressure. Uh, it's at this point that the EMT guys come running in, uh, ascertain what is going on and what needs to be done. Uh, pretty quickly, Marie is bundled onto that stretcher, out of the tavern and into the ambulance. Deputy Meadow runs after them, intent on hopping into the ambulance with Marie. While that's happening, uh, Angus is going to run upstairs snatch up the two bags, and run back down the stairs and outside. Oi, I don't think so, Deputy Mater. I'll take it from here. He kind of sulkily steps back and lets you take his place. The hulking man with the giant duffel bag <laughs> hunker down to get into the, the back of the ambulance. There's not enough room for you guys, but you insist. Oh, I do. And you guys are taken off to the hospital where you were both treated. Luckily for Marie, the first aid assistance that was given to her by Meadow and Deputy Mater is enough for her to eventually heal from her wounds. Uh, excuse me, I think you meant Angus and Meadow. Angus, uh, you are treated and released within a day or two, but Marie obviously has more serious wounds. And so she is still unconscious sleeping in the hospital bed while you, Angus, and Deputy Mater are on either side of the bed, silently glaring at each other. Is there anything you want to say to him before she wakes up? No. Fair enough. Marie, it's dark and everything feels fuzzy. You're groggy, tired, sore, maybe even a little itchy. You also hear really annoying regular beeping sound. Eventually your eyelids flutter open. As your vision returns to you, you see two men on either side looking down at you worriedly. From what else you can see, you're in a bed, and you're able to ascertain that you're probably in a hospital. What do you do? So many choices of what to do. Uh, how to Miss Marie? Uh, how, how are you feeling? Um, I feel like I got hit by a truck. What happened? Oh, well, I was kind of hoping you might be able to tell me that as, um, you apparently were alone when you were um, um, assaulted? Aye, uh, yes. We don't like to know what happened. Angus gives Maria a very pointed look. Oh, um, I figured, uh, I figured Hendrix that really took a lot out of me. Um, I figured it'd be safe to walk alone at night, but, I don't know, I think there was this wolf? I don't know. It's all very hazy. Um, a, a wolf, you say? Aye, a wolf? And it gives Marie a very, very pointed look. Oh, yeah. Are, like, are wolves not common around here? Like, I swear that's what I saw. But it was really dark. It could have been anything, really. Might have been a coyote. I don't know. Deputy Mater kind of scratches his head. Um, then how do you explain where the knife came from? The, the one that your friend over here pulled out of your thigh. Oh, I always carry a knife with me. I must have, I don't know. Maybe it knocked me over. I might have fallen on it. I don't know. Like I said, it's all just a blur. Let me uh, manipulate someone wrong. I think this is probably relevant at this point. 
You wouldn't doubt the girl lying in a hospital bed, right? <laughs> well, with an eight, he kind of does. Yeah, it's mixed success. I'm not going to tell you the result of this until the next mystery. He kind of frowns at you, shrugs his shoulders, and he says, Well, um, I'll, I'll be back uh, later another day to get your official statement. And, um, well, perhaps I could return the knife to you at, at some point, but I'll have to talk to the sheriff about that. Angus kind of stands up quite abruptly. Aye, yes, another time, perhaps. Oh. It was good for you to stop by, Deputy Mather, but I think it's time for you to go. Points towards her, and kind of indicates towards the door. Um, um, oh, okay, I'll, I'll stop by later, Miss Marie. Uh, perhaps I'll bring you some more of those daisies that, that you like. You know, maybe, I don't know how long I'll stay here, though. I mean, I feel a bit better than I was. I, I, she's, she's fine. I'm sure she appreciates the gesture. And he kind of shoves Mater out the door, kind of. Bye. Once Mater's safely out the door, Angus kind of turns back to Marie and sits down in the chair he was in. So, how do you feel? Uh, fine. Feel fine. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. None the worse for wear, as you'd say. Yeah, so, um, did you, like, drug me or something? Drug you? What do you mean? You know, I really don't remember much of what happened, but could have sworn you changed. And he just kind of stares at Marie for a minute. Well, such things do change people. You seem to take a lot of things in stride, however. You know, yeah, I'm good at adapting to things. Um, another question. Are you, like, safe to be around? Like, do you have a handle on whatever shit you're dealing with? That's a bit of the pot calling the kettle black, don't you think? Either we're waving the gun around and all sorts of children and such. Yeah, I suppose I was waving the gun around. Oh, fuck. Oh, I need a new gun. Oh. Good thing I recovered my sword. No, you didn't. Continue. I may have been waving the gun around, but, um... You know, what happened to Nikita again? I, you know, I don't, I don't rightly know. Uh, just seems like things worked out in the end. I'm sure it's all fuzzy to you. None to worry. Just know that it seems that the evil that befell the town has passed on. And at this point, the door bursts open and you see Meadow panting in the doorway. And she says, there is more in Hendrix. That needs to be stopped. And he just kind of looks at Meadow and looks at Marie with an eyebrow raised and looks questioningly back at Meadow. Monsters and evil and death. Why? I think perhaps you have the wrong people for this. They're just simply passing through. And she kind of blinks suddenly and looks at you for the first time, it seems. And she says, Huh? I. I do right. Oh, did I have a vision? What did I say? You said something about there being other evil in Hendrix, and that there are things that need to be done. Uh-huh, that sounds about right. And I think a wolfman, and whatever you are, and she looks at Marie, can help. And with that, our first mystery comes to a close. Wow. Just wow. 
Who would have thought Angus would turn out to be such a cold-blooded killer? That certainly won't bite him in the butt later. Celeste, Sean and I hope you're enjoying their exploits, even if one half of this shifty partnership is murdering children. For our next mystery, we're excited to have our first guest. He's using the Initiate playbook and will be someone from Marie's past, because that's what happens when the crooked spends luck. So don't forget to subscribe or activate notifications for Redgate and Wolf on your favourite podcast app, so you'll be the first to listen to episode 4 when it's released. I also want to remind you that we're an indie podcast, and as such, we rely on the word of mouth and digital algorithms to grow. So please, please, please share us on the social medias and leave a rating and review wherever you're able. For more information about this podcast, the characters, and our social media details, you can check out our site, redgatorwolf.com. Thanks for listening. What the hell is wrong with me?